Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. because Brother Zapoli is busy on Sundays and doesn't have time for his wife's home church. But he will be preaching for us on Wednesday the 27th. Because <laughs> he's busy everywhere else. <laughs> but we're going to have him here on Wednesday. We're going to have a great time. We love it when uh, Zapoli or the other. We, we like it when this Zapoli comes here. But like it when both their police get here on the very rare occasion, amen. So, so we're looking forward to that, amen. Amen, amen. Have a good one and one. I'm going to move right into this so I don't um, take a long time. Uh, says, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. Just going to read that one scripture, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. Habakkuk or Habakkuk, whichever way you want to say it, I interchange sometimes. I do it both ways. Was a prophet near the end of the existence of the king of Judah, or what we would call the southern kingdom. It was, um, he probably, there's not a lot of information on him, but he probably lived during the reign of uh, Jehoiakim, who was... I think the 18th king of Judah, and if you've ever read 1st, 2nd Kings, and 1st, 2nd Chronicles, and 1st, 2nd Samuel, and went all through the history of Israel and the history of Judah, you find that, that after Solomon, the, uh, the, uh, the kingdom of Israel split into two parts and became the northern and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was called Israel, the southern kingdom, and it was comprised of ten tribes. Southern kingdom was comprised of two tribes, which was Judah and Benjamin. And, uh, and so um, Jerusalem was in the southern kingdom, or Judah. And um, so Israel did not have a single good king. Not a single one. There was one who came dangerously close for a little while. His name was Jehu. But outside of Jehu, there wasn't a single good king. They were all evil. Every 
last one of them was Eve. <laughs> Judah had the mixture. Uh, some, some bad, some good, some somewhere in between, kind of a Jehu type uh, individual. But uh, after Josiah, after Josiah came along, there was no, there was about three more kings after him, and none of them were good kings. Um, Habakkuk probably was there. I'm just going to teach. I'm teach. I'm going to teach on the book of Habakkuk. The book of Habakkuk is always fascinating to me. But uh, Habakkuk probably lived during the time of Josiah because Jehoiakim was the second son of Josiah. So Habakkuk was probably, we don't know how old he was, but he probably saw this king come in and Josiah came in and man, he cleaned the house. He was probably as good as any of them. He took care of things. He didn't just, he didn't just, tear down the altars. He cut down the groves. They destroyed the high places. And he, he did all of that. And he was a great king. He reinstituted temple worship and all of that into the uh, land of Judah. And Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, however you want to say it, saw this. So he knew what revival felt like. He knew what it was like to see a land that was steeped in idolatry changed in just a short time. And, and a revival of the truth of God's word. But then along comes Jehoiakim. And he was as bad as you could possibly imagine. Rabbinical literature, and of course rabbinical literature is rabbinical literature. You take it with a grain of salt. But it describes him as a godless tyrant who committed atrocious sins and crimes. He's portrayed as living in incestuous relationships with his mother, daughter-in-law, and stepmother, and was in the habit of murdering men whose wives he then violated and whose property he seized. And, uh, and rabbinical literature also said they had a lot of tattoos. And uh, so I, and that was a thing back then. So, but this Jeremiah later on described his manner of burial. So therefore, thus saith the king. Concerning Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. They shall not lament for him, saying, Oh, my brother or all oh, sister. They shall not lament for him, saying, Oh, Lord, or all oh, his glory. He shall be buried with the burial of an ass. He shall be like a, a, a donkey that dies and is drawn and cast forth beyond the gates of Jerusalem. So God viewed him as a piece of carcass or garbage because of the evil things that he did. He was just a bad guy. Amen. And so here was a back who was living there during a terrible time of sin and degradation. And it vexed his godly spirit. This prophet was vexed by the spirit of the age. As the Bible says, a righteous lot was vexed by the sin of Sodom. You could see that Habakkuk was disturbed by the sin of Judah. And consequently, he expressed his concern, and, it, and it's called a complaint uh, to God. He, he, he had his say. And in the New Living Translation, which I'm, I'm doing something, I've read through the Bible recently several times, and, uh, and so I thought, I'm going to do something different now. So I recently started reading 
uh, a month or two ago, I started reading the Bible, and I I I, I have a an app on my iPad where I can have the King James version on this side and another version. So I've been using the NASB, which is an excellent version with more modern language, 2020, and I've been using the New Living Translation, which is not quite. I don't feel it is quite as accurate, but it's 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 an easy read. And so I have my King James to check. And then sometimes I'll say, wait, wait, wait. And then I'll do a little study, and, and it's, it's interesting to do it this way. But from the New Living Translation, uh, Habakkuk said this, How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you don't come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzing. There's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so justice has become perverted. Now, does this sound familiar at all? Does it feel like the times that we live in? Yeah. Amen. Everywhere you look, you see violence. And, and, and I, 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 I'm a little shocked sometimes that the things that are happening in our country today I, I, the, the things that happened just this weekend in, uh, in, in, in Highland Park, Illinois. Why? Why? I feel like Habakkuk. Why, God? Why? Why do you see this happening? I mean, I can find answers. I can go down and I can say, you know, I'm going to tell you all something. <laughs> the United Pentecostal Church years ago took a stand against television. It took a stand against all that kind of stuff. And people were kind of like, seriously? And now we're looking at it. A lot of people are looking at the stand which they took and saying, you know, that might have been genius. Because the garbage that is there. And, 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 and I, 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 if you're like me, you have access to YouTube and different things. And we know that you can look at anything you want to on the air and so on. You have to make a choice for what you do. You have to control the content of stuff. I, I'm going to tell you what, I don't have... Netflix. I don't have Hulu. I don't have Disney Plus. I don't have. I have Amazon Prime, but not the video thing. I use it because I buy lots of stuff and I get free shipping on it. But I don't have any of that stuff. Um, and YouTube and uh, and I'll look at I'll look at guitar videos and 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 uh, and how to you know I I figure out how to do my daughter's replace my daughter's light bulb because of YouTube and and different things you know. But if you look. These things will pop up, and there will be a clip of something. You look at it, and the violence that is portrayed, and I'll turn it off. I'll, I'll move somewhere else because the violence that is portrayed, I mean the horrible violence that is portrayed on screens today. I mean everything that is out there is vile. There's sexual perversion and sexual immorality. I could go on and on and on. But I can tell you why that these kids are doing the things they're doing. I think we get, first of all, we've become a godless society. Second, we we have done a very, very good job. Our society has done a very, very good job of destroying the nuclear family. Destroying mothers and destroying fathers. And tearing it apart. Thirdly, we have medicated people into oblivion. Uh Young people, they fill them with drugs all the time. 
That and the use of drugs. A hundred thousand people died of opioid overdose last year. A hundred thousand. That's up like 30,000 from the year before. Amen. And so we've done all this stuff. And we glorify. You know what? I, you know, I hope I can finish this because I get sidetracked. You know what? We have, we have glorified things like marijuana. Everybody, all of a sudden, pot is great. They're, they're getting rid of menthol cigarettes and they're getting rid of vaping. But pot, go for it. But what people don't understand is that organic, organic pot, the stuff you grow in your garden, I hope nobody's growing pot in the garden here, but the stuff you, the stuff my neighbor grows in his garden, amen, has about 4% THC in it. But the stuff they're buying down at the dispensaries has anywhere from 15 to 98% THC in it. You know what that does? It's a very psychoactive or, or whatever it is. It, it is causing paranoia. It's causing a lot of problems in people. Marijuana. You know, they had a deal many years ago. None of you will remember this. Back way back in the day, they had a, 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 a what would you call it, a documentary called Reefer Madness. Anybody ever heard of Reefer Madness? Yeah. Brother, brother, brother Nate knows about Reefer Madness. Yeah. <laughs> and it talked about this kind of stuff. And they have, they have criticized that and, and acted like it's the stupidest things. And yet now we're finding out that, that, in, that the amount of people that are going to the hospital because of marijuana has multiple times in what it was before it was legalized. It's unbelievable what has happened again. Uh, and, and, and so I, I'm just talking. All of these things have happened, and the breakdown of our society, and you have angry young men that don't have fathers that are taking care of them, or their families. In the case of this guy over here, his wife was, I mean, his mother was a, a crackpot. She was into occultism, and, and he was into occultism, and you can just, but, and yet with all of that, you look and you say, why? Why is this stuff happening? Why did the one guy in Kentucky that nobody hardly hears about, I don't know why either. Why did the one guy in Kentucky, I think it was, he had guns all set up in his, in his windows, and when they came to serve a warrant on him, he killed three cops and wounded six. He ambushed them and killed a bunch of people. And all and all and all this kind of stuff goes on. Have a good sit up. I'm, I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed. There's no justice in the court. You know what's happening right now? They're letting people go that are criminals and putting people in jail that are not. Right, yeah. It's insane. It is absolute. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so the justice has become perverted. That's what Habakkuk said. So we look at all this stuff, and and uh, and, and I, I I read this today. I was reading the New Living Translation. I'm thinking, my Lord, this is like this is like a a picture of what we are living in today. The insanity and the anger and the and the and the violence and the the perversion, all of this stuff. So God responded to Habakkuk. He said, For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, or the Babylonians, that bitter and hasty nation which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are up there. And, and, uh, and, and he basically, he said, okay, here's what's going to happen. But more than this, he talked about it. I'm not going to go into all of them. I'm not going to read all of it. We'd be here all night if I read everything. But he said, basically, I'm, I'm going to bring the Babylonians in. And they are going to take care of business. They're going, 
And they did. The Babylonians came in. They took Jehoiakim, uh, Nebuchadnezzar took Jehoiakim away and, uh, and took him to prison. And, and he died a, a, a non... A, a, anyway, a, a, a shameful death and so on and so forth. But he told me he was planning to send Babylon to wreak justice on Judah. And when he says this, Habakkuk responds in this manner. Oh, Lord, my God, my Holy One. And this is, again, New Living Translation. You who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. Oh, Lord, I rock you to these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for many sins. Now, if you're seeing this up here, uh, the 12th verse of, of chapter 1, uh, be, be more, it's going to be a little different because of the, uh, um, the different translation. But this is easy to understand. But you are pure and can't Stay on the side of the evil. You weak at their treachery. Treachery. Will you be silent all the wicked? Swallow up people more righteous today. And this is what he was saying was, God, you're going to send the Babylonians. And like, what are you going to do? Here's what he did. He says, what are you going to do, God? Everybody's bad. Everybody's mean. Everybody's doing all kinds of bad stuff. just nothing. God says, I'm going to take care of it. He says, hold on, Lord. Are you going to do it like that? And I'll tell you what, we have. You, we could go through and read the whole thing, but, but a lot of times this is what happens is that, that, that we call on God, God, we need you to do something. You know, God, we need you to do something about our family. God, we need you to do something about the situation. My family's not living for God. My family's not doing this. My friends are not doing this. And, and they're, they're acting like a bunch of heathens. And they're, they're doing this and they're doing that. And God, she need to do something. And then God says, okay, I'm going to take care of it. Amen. And God starts to take care of it. God, we didn't really mean it that way. We meant it this way. We meant where you just kind of make everything cool and all right. Well, 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 God doesn't always work that way because mankind does not respond that way. It would be so nice if God could come to that recalcitrant individual that you're praying for and whisper in their ear and say, I love you and I wish you would do better. And they go, oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> no, it never works that way. God says, okay, you want me to take care of it? I'm going to take care of it. Brother Colton Clark, I've talked about this before when he preached. He preached a message one day. I remember so clearly. And it convicted, I remember Sister, uh, Sister Betty said it convicted her. And um, he preached a message. He got up. He began to preach. He said, the problem with some of you folks is this. You, you, get in, you get in your prayer room and you pray for your unsaved children. Say, God, keep my unsaved children. Don't let anything bad happen to them. God, don't protect them. I know they're out there doing things they shouldn't be doing, but God, protect them, Lord. God, just, just keep your hand on them. He said, what you need to be saying is, God, do whatever you need to do to bring them into truth. And he said, if you start praying that, I'm going to warn you that things are going to start happening in their life that are not pleasant. That's right. That's right. And somebody agrees with me. That's right. Amen. And, and so, so Habakkuk said, God, this is terrible. Do something. Do something about this, God. Oh, God. God says, well, I'm going to send the Babylonians in, and they're going to go put a whipping on them. Well, God, you know, that's really not what I was talking about. Will you destroy the right? Will you destroy 
And how did he say, will you destroy, use them to destroy people more righteous than they? And it's like, you know, that's kind of a interesting term because these people were bad news. The people of Judah had completely rejected God, and yet Habakkuk looked at them and said, well, you know, these folks are worse than them. It's probably true. And so, um, so God began to move. Of course, we understand that. And sometimes when God begins to move in his judgment and his fury, and God gets very, very angry sometimes. When God begins to move in his judgment and his fury, it can get rough. I'm going to tell you all something. We look at we pray for our nation. I was praying today, this morning, I was, and I began to pray. And I said, God, you've got to help, you gotta help uh, these people in Highland Park. You've got to help these people wherever. You just help the families of these folks. You know, comfort them, all this kind of stuff. God, I said, God, you got to touch our nation. you got to help our nation. Well, I'm going to tell you all something. God's going to touch our nation, but it might not be the way that we want it to be. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. This nation, a nation that forgets God is in a dangerous place. Yeah. Amen. And there are so many. And so I don't know what all is going to happen, but I'm going to tell you what. It's going to get a whole lot rougher before it's over, I'm afraid. Amen. In the midst of that, amen, here's what Habakkuk said, whatever all this came forth to him. And I, I just, like I said, I've always loved this book. I've always loved reading it. Fascinated by it. In the midst of this, Habakkuk has made his complaints. First complaint was about everything the people of Judah was, was doing. And the second complaint was about how the God was going to really get rough on them. And then when it was done with this, and this is a fascinating thing, he said this in uh, uh, the uh, second chapter, the first verse of Habakkuk. We're moving. It's only three chapters, so we're getting through this in three chapters. Second chapter. second chapter, verse one. I will stand up on my watch and send me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Now the New Living Translation says, I will climb up on the watchtower and stand. On my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says. And he will, how he will answer my complaint. I'm going to retire to my secret place of prayer. I, when I'm at my wit's end. And I really need an answer. I'm going to go to a place that I can hear from God. And Habakkuk was in with him. I'm going to find that place. Where I am removed from everything else. Yes. And I'm going to look for the will of God. There. Yes. Amen. Right. And I. You won't get it by mixing in the tumult of life, by shuffling through the carnality of our society. You're not going to get an answer from God. You're not going to hear from God by constantly being drenched in the garbage that is this world. Right. You've got to find a place, whether it's a prayer room, sometimes it is a prayer room, sometimes it's driving down the road, listening to gospel music and calling out to God. Sometimes it's just sometimes it's in the middle of the night. Amen. When I wake up, I'm laying there saying, oh God, I need your help. And, and there's those, those secret places and those secret times. He said, I'm going to go to the watchtower. I'm going to find that place. And I'm going to meditate. I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to get in touch with God. And, and the KJV, the King James Version says it better. I shall answer when I am reproved. I shall answer when I am reproved. I'm going to see what God says. 
to me. I, I, now, I'm going to tell you something about this man. He understood that he was in a bit of a complaining mood. He, he understood that he was questioning God. He also understood that maybe he was not quite in tune with God's will. And he went, now listen, I want you to hear me now. He went to that special secret place. And a lot of times what we do is we, we go to that special secret place. We're like, we're going to get, uh, um, there's a song. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, we go to, we go to the, I, I'm just saying, we go to that special place and we're going to be blessed of God. We're going to be touched by God. We're going to feel the, and it all happens, and all the presence of the Holy Ghost. We walk out under the, 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 the power of God, and we feel like God has touched us, and God has helped us, and God has moved us. And, and Habakkuk said, I'm going to go to that place, and I'm expecting reproof. With an expectation of reproof. Usually we run from correction. Yeah. But Habakkuk when looking for it. Oh, now that's good. Amen. Because he realized that his answer was in correction. Uh -huh. God, let your will be done in my life. Yeah. God, do what you can. God, do what you can. It may not feel good, God. Do what you try to do. It's fascinating how that correction may hurt, but the end result is is, is sweet. I am. Uh, you go ahead. My knees replaced. Y'all remember that? And I remember people telling me physical therapy is going to be rough. And, and it wasn't easy. And I remember old Jace, he was my physical therapist. He would put me on that, on that bike. And, uh, and then he'd say, well, you're doing pretty good. He'd crank that thing closer to my body. Now, that may not sound like much, except when you've got brand new knees. That means you've got to bring those knees way back up while you're pedaling. I'm like, you're trying to kill me. <laughs> and when I'd walk out of there, I'd fill out a million dollars. Felt so good. Every time I felt good. He worked me over and it hurt. I remember when in COVID he came in too. He was he was there. He was there for a lot of different things. But he came in and we we'd become friends by then. He'd say, You gotta get up and walk. And I didn't feel like walking. I did not want to do the same thing whenever I they would get me up when I had my knees done. So you gotta get up and walk, man. You know, the last thing in the world I wanted to do was get up and walk. I mean it hurt to walk. You stand up and you're so weak. So I want you to walk over there. And uh, you just, we'll, we'll stand behind you, hold this little strap, and we're going to walk with you. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know about this stuff. It hurt. And when COVID, I was so weak, I couldn't hardly stand. But they made me walk. Curl hard, hard, man. I'm telling you, they were, they were hard on me. 
not they were hard on me. I was hard on them too. But they were hard on me. I mean, they, they made me get up and do things that hurt. You know what? I wanted out of that place with everything in me. I've told the story before, but one day I got up and I thought, I'm going to walk without this walker. I walked to the bathroom and walked back. And I started doing it again. And the nurses came in. And I could preach on this. They said, don't do that anymore. Use the walker. They said, it's a whole lot easier for you to fall than for us to get you up. And I could preach on that right there. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so, so, going into the story, I... Uh, one day, Jace comes in. He says, how you doing? I said, I'm doing all right. I said, I can walk by myself. I'll need this walker. I didn't tell him the nurses told me not to do it. And he said, let's see. So I walked out. It, it was an everything that was in there. It hurt. It was painful. I, I, I had very little air in my body. But I walked back and forth as many times he told me to do it. I heard him go tell one of the nurses and the doctors. said, I think Chris is ready to go home. He can walk by himself. <laughs> There are some people like to stay in the hospital, but this boy will fight to get out of the hospital. And that's the thing. I know I'm going in for reproof. But it's in that correction. Paul said, I, I had this thorn in my side. I had this situation. And I said, God, remove it. And he said, in your strength. Or in your weaknesses. He said, so it's in my infirmities. It's in my reproaches. It's in my necessities. It's in my persecution. It's in my distresses. Yes. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. Sometimes we need to walk into the prayer room. God, you do what you need to do. Because I know that I am not what I need to be. Some people are, God, God's feet up on me, and I don't know if I can make it. I'll tell you what, if you let the hand of God and the correction of God do its mighty and wonderful work in your life. Come on, I know what I'm talking about. If you let the correction of God do its work in your life, you'll walk out of there like gold. Just move through this. I could take a long time. God told Habakkuk, He said, Okay, I want you to take this vision I'm giving you. I want you to write it plain. I want you to put it upon the tables. I want to make it where he that run may read it. I want it to be absolutely a, a, a plain message, a correct message, a message that is for a future time. He said, I, I want you to take it and write it. I want you to write it in a way that can be spread abroad. He gave him a mandate to preach the truth, to proclaim, proclaim it. Amen. And he told him this. He said, he gave him one of the most powerful scriptures right at that point. Before he went in and said what he was going to do to Babylon, after he had said what he was going to do to Judea, he said, I want you to preach this. This is what I want you to preach. First of all, amen, behold his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Right, amen, amen. 
Here we go. Here's what I'm telling you. I want you to take the Word of God. I want you to preach the Word of God. I want you to write it and, and, and proclaim it. And let them know if you're not right with God, you're not upright. But the justice is going to live by his faith. You see all this stuff that's going to happen? All the stuff that's going on? You see all the problems? This is one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. It's repeated three times in the New Testament. The justice shall live by his faith. I cannot understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. I don't understand why the nation is falling apart. I don't understand why people are falling away. But the just shall live by his faith. God tells Habakkuk what's going to happen to the tormentors of God's people. He also lets us know what he thinks of proud people, greedy people, amen, drunkards and idolaters. You read the second chapter of uh, Habakkuk and you see what he talks about. And then he ends up with this powerful statement. He says, but the Lord is in his Holy Spirit and, or, or Holy Temple. Let all the earth keep silent. Amen. Amen. In the midst of all this, God still I love how he ended the whole thing. 
First of all, he's complaining. Listen to this. First of all, he's complaining. Oh. People around here just Oh, God, you're going to take care of me. Well, I didn't mean that way. Went through that at the very end. He says, all of the things for you shall not blossom. And it's funny, it begins to get a feeling of the Psalms here. Right. Is what it does. Neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fall, and the fields shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, there shall be no herd or skull. He says, God, even though all of this stuff is going to come upon us, all kinds of judgment is going to come upon us, all kinds of things are going to happen. Although, although we're going to go through some tribulation and trial, yet I will, Hebrews 3 and 18, will rejoice yeah. in the Lord. Uh -huh. I will joy uh -huh. in the God of my salvation. Amen. The Lord is my strength, yes. and he will make my feet like hinds he will make me to walk in my high places. Even if things feel like they're going apart, even if, if I can't see my way clear, there's no light in the end of the trunk, tunnel, and all forsake me. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Why? Because the Lord is my strength. Uh -huh. New Living Translation says the next part like this. He makes me a sure-footed to the deal, able to tread upon the heights. I'm not going to stumble. He will direct my paths. He'll lead me in the paths of righteousness. He'll be a lamp and he's going to be a light. Here's the thing. With all the things we deal with, and folks, sometimes we look at the news and listen to the news and read the news way too much. And we get ourselves too messed up with things. Just understand, God is in his holy. Amen. 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 And I will rejoice in my God and joy in the Lord of my salvation. Because I know in the midst of this, I'm going to climb the high heights because God's going to give me. Yes. Let's stand and worship the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, God. God, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah.